Hello and welcome to Data Driven. In this live stream, Frank and Andy talk about the recent round of layoffs hitting technology companies. Stu Ainsworth joins them in an impromptu discussion of layoffs, mental health, and empathy. Stu, who was previously a guest on the show, was recently laid off from Salesforce. If you're looking for a site reliability engineer, then look no further than Stu. Now on to the show. All right. Hello and welcome to uh, this live stream today where uh, we're live streaming this recording of Data Driven Podcast. You can, of course, check us out on your favorite podcasting platform of choice or just go to datadriven.tv and um, you can kind of see what we've been up to. Um, so what have you been up to, Andy? You know, Frank, I have uh, initiated the build of a brand new desktop. I haven't had a desktop as my main machine. Gosh, 15 years, it's been 15 years. That now. long? I've been using a laptop. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, you know, independent consulting, the laptop life. Um, the, the laptop that I've got now is a ThinkPad uh, P51S, I believe. And um, I've had two ThinkPads over the last 10 years or more. They have really done well for me. And I'm going to keep this one. We'll keep, actually, I've got the old one. And I'm going to drag this one around with me for speaking and such because live speaking is becoming a thing again. But I'm like building a... in person, not like on a live stream. Like just yeah, yeah. yeah that's it. Crazy. So I, I, we were chatting earlier about it. I was trying to think of a name of it because the case arrived today and the motherboard. And the case is one of those that's got kind of like a smoked plexiglass side mm -hmm. for one of the sides of it. And Stevie was talking to me about it. And he said, you know, all the cool kids are like decorating the interior since you can see into it. And I had just talked to you about it, uh, about the name for it. And you picked the name. You can tell everyone what you picked. Oh, you, so you did decide to go with Doniger. I am. Yeah. Nice. nice. And part of the reason is that is because you also, for my birthday, got me this cool Rossi model, Rossinante. And so I'm going to decorate the interior of Doniger nice. with this. Of course, I don't see any names that say Rossi on it. But before this, it was the Tachi, and it came from the Donage. You remember? This is what they it, escaped it, with. I'm going to mount it vertically. So oh, there you it'll go. Be, it'll be like that. That's how it was sitting in the bay when they broke into. So into is that bay. is that the one that says Baratness Gas? Because um, the the model I have. Oh, um, you may be right. That's yes. Where, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, so for everyone, very wondering, hard to see. What the heck are these people talking about? So <laughs> We're big fans of The Expanse, the book series, and the series right. that was on Sci-Fi, then on Amazon Prime, and then they ended it at season six because yep. Amazon wanted to spend a billion dollars on something else. But I'm not bitter. Um, Me either. I'm hoping uh, they do this again. And, you know, I, I'll tell you, talking with Stevie about it, mm -hmm. I realized, you know, he reminded me of a few of the plot lines. Of course, there's a huge plot line that they they didn't get to. And... Um, it could it could take on its own life, but I, I think I'm going to read oh, yeah. and pay attention to that um, that that guy. Oh, that guy! Yes, yes, guy. I forgot about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. um, that's like the last half of the series is kind of wrote, uh, you know everything orbits around him, right? For that, so anyway, um, there's a whole bunch that they could do with that space. There's actually a video game coming out that's uh, set when. Uh, I'm not exactly sure, but it, it focuses around Kamina Drummer and her life as a pirate. 
Um, there's that would um, be interesting. I forget what it's called, but it, it's it. You you basically get to be a belter pirate. Is kind of a nice. what I, think the I wonder about. if they got the actress to uh, do the. She voice. did the voices. Yeah. Oh, that was well, nobody so, else yeah. could pull that off. No, and I think they got. <laughs> um, who was the other guy? The the old guy with the beard that was yeah, also a belter. I know you're talking about Ash something. Ashford. Ashford. Ashford? It was Ashford. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they did. That's right. Because Anderson you Dawes know, was somebody else who was a um, right cult leader. Yep. Everyone's yep. like, "What are they talking about?" So that's what we're talking about. We're, we're geeking out about the expanse. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I already have Frank pointed out. I already have a device here. I can, you mentioned that, and I think it's one of the IoT devices we have. One of the many. We have I thought it was your router here. for some reason or a server. Oh, it is. It is the router. It is named Weeping Somnambulus, but. We got a different router, so that's why I was, I was having trouble finding it. <laughs> I see Stuart Ainsworth, still with the beard. So How's many ways to take that. Mm. I, I see what you did there, Stu, and that's it brilliant. makes me giggle. It's brilliant, <laughs> which is actually, I think, one of the things we wanted to talk about. Uh, we do, out, first of all, guys, especially, and uh, Stu, and Stu, um, <laughs> but um. One of the interesting things we'll probably do a, a separate show on is um, yeah. it's been a year now since I joined Red Hat, and it's just under a year since I did my uh, giving up Windows for Lent thing. Yes. And my Linux, my grand Linux experiment. And long um, story short, that ultimately led me to get a Mac back in the fall. Yeah. You know, the Mac laptop, which I named Razorback, which is another ship from the show. Um, and um, because my Rocinante is an older laptop, um, which I think is a P52, which I think is a, nice. like the sport model of your laptop. And yeah. um, I'm actually impressed. I like the Mac way more than I thought I would. Uh, mm. It exceeded my expectations, but we'll talk about that another time. As Windows 11 kind of has um, not exceeded my expectations. <clears throat> Yes, the Mac is kind of providing a, a, a path forward. <laughs> the Mac, the Apple Silicon is just unreal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, just the battery life I get on that. But we'll talk about that another time because today, we'll cover that a different time. Today, uh, we want to talk about the news of the like the past week. Yes. Has, um, has been all these layoffs in the tech sector. And it's something that um, I think if you've been around long enough, You've kind of seen this before, although yeah. it's been a while since the tech sector had a real um, um, purge like this. And Stuart yeah. Ainsworth was one of the guys that we found out had also been affected by the purge at Salesforce, I think. Yep. Um, and uh, if you're looking for a SRE guy, he's your man. Um, if you're looking for um, – he, he's a good .NET folk from, from way back. We actually had him on the show. I think the, the title of the show yep. was um, – Site robot, uh, disaster recovery and chaos monkeys, or something like that. I think that's what it was. I that remember was the show. Got to get him back on the show. Uh, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of good people that are finding themselves on the market, and um, obviously the optics around Microsoft's layoffs have um, not been good. Um, yeah. In regards to a certain private concert for Sting. Yeah. With Sting, four senior executives that they announced the night before. And the funny yeah. thing is you can see kind of the PR firms duking it out now, right? Yeah. Like I noticed this, like the next day after that story hit, um, <clears throat> That's the next funny, day, uh, oh, his schedule is free. 
Actually, <clears throat> Stu, are you up to being joining us in the live stream? Cool either way. I can send you a link. Um, I'll send you a link on LinkedIn. Um, but, the, you know, the next day they posted this thing where it was, uh, I think it was might have been Inc. or Fortune posted this thing. Like, you know, Microsoft shows how you can lay people off with empathy and grace or something like that. Right. with three words right and then of course the the twitter sphere took off with you know private sting concert you know like all sorts of things like that right. and you get you kind of see like the the things now granted there's no easy way to do a layoff um True. and uh all right Sue, i will send you a thing uh there's no easy way to do a layoff <clears throat> and we've been really lucky historically in the tech industry right like where we didn't have to deal with layoffs on a regular basis i know my right. dad had to deal with that despite being a union paying a union due paying person but i will yeah. i'll save that rant for another time um <laughs> but well you um, know i mean but we did have like the dot net if you were around at the you know the turn of the millennium mm -hmm. the bubble burst then and then there was some it uh layoffs associated with all the other layoffs that happened in 2008 um which was the last time we admitted we were in a recession. I'll just throw that out. Um, and then now we're being laid off. And this time when eventually someday, maybe we'll admit that we're in a recession. Uh, yeah, that, <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. Like, and I think one it of the best things... when you're getting laid off, it doesn't matter. Right. It's a recession when your neighbor gets laid off. It's a depression when you get laid off. And, and for and me personally, truth. like my first experience on the, on the, on the layoff um, roundabout, as it were, was um, in 2002 uh, mm. after the dot-com crash, 9-11, the financial sector. So I worked at what we would today call a fintech startup in Germany. And yes. I moved back to the U.S. And basically, you know, dot-com and it was in the financial sector which after right. that was just i mean i might as well just paint a big target on my forehead it was yeah that, yeah it was that bad <clears throat> and um but um you know we'll get Stu on in one second and um, yeah that'll be uh, fun excited to see him join and you know uh if anyone else has something because I, I think one of the things we want to do is we want to give we want to and I, I got laid off from microsoft in 2016 right so like right. you know this is not you know, as bad as this is, and this is the one bit of advice, because you see Twitter, LinkedIn, you know, go back to school, get certified, you know, self-care. I think the best thing to do is if you've been laid off, whether it's Microsoft or anyone else, is remember that whatever happens to you can make you either better or bitter. And that is you an get, excellent point. You get to pick. Yep. And that was that was kind of the mantra that got me through the 2016 uh, rounds of layoffs. So we have Stu here who uh, doesn't have his video on. Hopefully he's fully clothed. I <laughs> <laughs> um, his video doesn't work. Does his audio work? Oh, Are you yeah. there, Stu? I know you get laid off, but you know, don't start an OnlyFans <laughs> or do. I'm, I won't judge. All right, so we'll wait for Stu's video to come on before we bring him on. Um, and um, but yeah, but I mean, you know, I I I got I mean, um, the interesting thing is that with the change of leadership, I, I don't know exactly how many layoffs Microsoft had prior to Satya being CEO. Yeah, but it was not a regular occurrence like it has been 
with him being CEO. Uh, yeah. Stu's going to relaunch the browser, and we'll be uh, we'll be waiting for him. So and I Stu, mean, oh, oh sorry, go we, ahead, we've heard that's okay. We've heard Firefox is what they use to build Restream or like test it. Oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, and it's not that it's better, but it is less crashy. Then, you know, I'm running Brave, which is um, subject to, you know, updates all the time. But I like it. I still like Brave and I still use it as my main browser. But you, if you've got Firefox installed, don't don't install it just for for this. Oh, I see his audio this time and his video. <laughs> I see Stu. How's it going? <laughs> oh, my God. I love the shirt. So if you're watching this, he's got a Commodore 64 shirt, which uh, this came in just from Amazon the other day. Oh, that's awesome. A laptop sticker. I'm not sure if I'm gonna put it on my car or the laptop. I don't know. <laughs> Serendipity. Yes, amen. Uh, so so it. I'm the only one on this call with just a little bit of stubble. But uh I got two guys here with a beard. So Stu, how have you been? It's been it's been too long. Yeah, I know. And it, I, I was I you know, first of all, thanks for the the whole push the other day and and the link to the podcast. I went back and listened to it and uh you know, I sounded really smart back then. <laughs> uh, you still do. Yeah, you still do. No, so, but, but I mean, that's that's one of the things that I think that I think messes with your ego right. when you get laid off, right? It happened to me. It happened to me twice, right? It happened to me in yeah. two thousand two. Uh, and I also, for folks that don't know, I think I've talked about this on the stream before, but you know, I was about uh, I was late for work on nine eleven. And that's probably why I'm still alive. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in, in addition to dealing with PTSD, you know, which, which caused the utter collapse of my, 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 my relation, every relationship I had was basically collapsed and I was back living with my parents. I also had that, a, that aspect of, you know, one time I was considered smart. At one point I was flown around Europe to be the e-commerce expert for my employer. Um, yeah. And then I was basically, you know, um, I mean, nothing, nobody would, I mean, it was just a really bad time and, and it yeah. does mess with you. So I, for, for, for you, uh, well, we haven't heard you talk much, so we don't know if you still sound smart, but I'm going to wager that you still do. But I mean, I, it's one of those things, it's normal to kind of doubt yourself. Right. And, yeah, and that's uh, right. so don't, yeah. you know, give yourself a little bit of, you know, wiggle room with that. And then when I got laid off in 2016, like I want to, you know, in the prep, you know, they also, they're doing this now again at Microsoft. Is that you know certain amount of jobs are going to be eliminated by the end of March, right. and you basically kind of have to go around and interview internally. Every I applied to, I forget the exact numbers because I parts of that year I blocked out of my brain. Part of it was is 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 psychological. Part of it was I had a massive concussion later that year, um, and um, I applied for like 40, 50 some odd jobs, right. and. Um, the interviews I got, I got about like maybe five to 10 of those interviews. All of them want to be moved to Redmond. Right. Right. Which is where my position originally was going to move anyway. And I, I can't, mm. I didn't want to move for, for family reasons. I wanted right. to stay here on, yeah. on the East coast. So it was just kind of like, you know, it's one of those things where I, I, I would joke, like I couldn't get arrested on the Microsoft campus. Like when right. I went out there, like, cause I kept saying like, Hey, you know, I could do this job really well from DC and, <laughs> you know, so it, I mean, it, 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 it's a tough thing. And, and, and I, I, I'm proud of you because you got out there right away and you, you, 
you made it known that you need help kind of getting your word out about you right. and yeah. stuff like that. So, so sorry, I, I have monopolized the conversation. You know, it's, it's been a weird ride and, and, and you're right. It doesn't do, there is a, it's a roller coaster ride. Like, and you know, we always talk about like those five stages of grief. And, and I think that one of the things that when you're not in that situation you're outside looking at something and you're like, Oh, you're going to go through these five stages of grief. Right. And, and mentally you prepared yourself for it to be like a linear experience. And it is not, I mean, it's, you know, like, one minute I am like buzzing and ecstatic and almost manic and getting job things out there and, and, and looking for opportunities. Uh, and then the next minute, like it's like curled up on the couch, just like, what am I going to do now? Right. And, and it, yeah. it, it goes from these, these, these sequences and, and it's just completely unexpected. And, you know, I will say that I have been, you know, going to counseling for a long time to deal with a lot of, a lot of just issues throughout the year. I think anybody that's, I really recommend mental health therapy and I've been doing it for a few yeah. years, right? And uh, and that's been a saving grace. And one of the things that I've heard time and time and time again, and you even alluded to it, is you really got to take that time to kind of process what you're going through, right? And um, one thing that my, uh, and, and we can talk a lot about all the, the layoffs and the way that they've been handling the West Coast, but, you know, Salesforce, and I think Microsoft and Amazon, they've all given these extended severance packages, right? And and your 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 immediate reaction is is like, oh, I gotta rush out and go find something. And I know there are other people that are not in that situation, but I was lucky enough to be in that. And one of the things that my therapist recommended was is like, you know, take a sabbatical. And I'm like, you know, I'm not good at doing nothing, right? I, I just could never <laughs> help. <laughs> and so, you know, but I have convinced myself that there are that I have to find those moments in the day where it is okay to not work, right? It is okay to just stop and take a few hours off, go see family, go uh, go for a walk with the dog. And these are things that I would not have normally done while I was doing the working day. And so I've yeah. really been trying to, you know, pace myself and try to, and try to find that opportunity to have some patience with it. So uh, you're absolutely right. And, and, you know, one, I post nine 11, I did discover the, the, the healing power of therapy and making sure mental health is a key part of just yeah. your health regimen. Right. Um, and the other thing is, is that for me, I also have a lot of trouble not doing anything. Right. And like looking back on the time, is that the concussion was actually a net positive. Right. I don't recommend you go get your head hit. Don't do that. <laughs> but for me, it was, it was, an, I, I couldn't do anything for like six weeks. Like I was, I, yeah. I would, I would, I would focusing on anything was just, was just exhausting, like physically exhausting. Right. Like, and I would, and, and it was just kind of like, I was forced to do nothing. And I was kind of, for lack of a better term, left alone with my thoughts. Right. And not in a bad way, not in, a, not in a good way either, I can assure you. But like it was it was it gave me the chance to kind of figure out, like, where do I want to go from here? Right. Because working right. at Microsoft had been my dream for a number of years since before I even met Andy um, and we were doing user group stuff. And then when this happened, when it happened, it kind of was taken away. Right. And yeah. it wasn't so much taken away. It was, you know, I was given the choice of, you know going move uprooting my entire family for a job or not and kind of my thinking was you know obviously there's there's an emotional aspect of it but just in the simple what i would call game theory of it right like i can always get another job getting another family yeah. uh, one 
isn't really possible. Two, even if it is, it's real expensive. Right. <laughs> and three, probably really tragic. Right. So, so, um, so that was kind of my decision. And, and, um, you know, I, 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 I still stand by that decision because the guy who did take my role, uh, he was laid off like a year later. Right. Yeah. So like, wow. it was just, don't, I think the lesson I took away from that is don't rearrange your life for a job. Right. Um, now, if you have to, you have to, like, you got to do what you got to do to pay the mortgage, but, you know, kind of getting out of that kind of fight or flight kind of vibe is, is critical. And you're right. Like, we were very fortunate in that we got, um, you know, I got a nice severance, you, you know, all these tech companies are doing a good severance package. Now, are they doing that out of the goodness of their heart? Probably not because no. they know, they know, right. Is that if they, the better they leave people, uh, they kick people out on good terms and as good as that's possible, the right. more likely they can pull them back in the future. Right. I myself was recruited by Microsoft 18 months later. Right. Yeah. So, um, and I stayed there until, you know, the opportunities were not there and I moved on. Right. So like it, it kind of, I'm not saying this to flex. I'm not saying this to brag. I'm just saying like, there's hope beyond this. Right. Like, right. like you said, like if you're, when, when you're in the middle of the muck in the mire, right. You don't see the, the value or the lesson. You're not going to see that till you look back and realize, you know, maybe that happened for a greater purpose. The concussion, you know, for example, right? And one of the things that, you know, I've kind of taken away from this is, and, and the thing that I would like advocate people to do now, even if you're not in the middle of a layoff, even if you're not in the middle of uh, a job uncertainty or anything, is really find some way to set down what your goals are and revisit that on an annual basis. Because when you're in this sort of situation, um, uh, having that handy eliminate some of the some of the, the the time associated with recouping from it right like because right. i you know like I, I didn't do a great job of that right you know i was kind of bobbing along and i, I had all these great ideas great visions and, and you know and the last time we talked i was still with jack henry and and you know we had a great conversation there and i never really sat down and did kind of an annual review or reflection of where i wanted to be and what i wanted to do but it's funny because you brought up that podcast and I, and I was playing it back to myself just to listen to it. And we talked about a lot of stuff. And some of the things that we talked about was at the end, you asked the, the questions that you always ask about the guests or like, you know, what do you, what excites you about technology? And I remember even thinking then that the answer that I gave, um, you know, was I really wanted to see technology begin to expand and reach and how can we bring the power of the cloud to, to more people. Right. And, that was a goal statement that I had drifted away from in my career mm. search. And that's not necessarily bad, but it, it, you know, having that opportunity to go back and reflect on something like that has kind of helped me shape my job search now, uh, because now I'm nice. looking for those opportunities that take me back to that, that, that point of purpose that I had, right. And looking for those sectors that are going to help build that goal. So, you know, I think that's one takeaway that, even if you're not directly impacted by the layoffs right now and you're not, and you're not part of it is, you know, find that time to really figure out what excites you, where you are now and write it down somewhere. Right. And have some kind of record and then revisit that from time to time, because right. uh, when the opportunity does come, whether or not it's an opportunity of your own choice or it's an opportunity that's kind of thrust upon you, uh, you know, you need to, 
you'll have that to build on. And, um, you know, that's something that I, that I'm going to, that's, that's my new year's resolution, right? Is right now I'm going to, I'm going to try to find time to kind of do this kind of annual self-reflection and, and, and really move forward from that because, uh, uh, again, you know, this could happen again at any time. Right. And that's, right. uh, uh, something we're all kind of dealing with right now. So. No, I think that that's very well said. You are further along kind of uh, than certainly I was at this point. <laughs> um, you know, and that that's one of the things is that, you know, um, Andy and I make it a point to kind of rib each other on our goals and kind of what we're doing. And like, it mm -hmm. all, you know, um, uh, it, it was in 2016, I kind of reset the new year. I couldn't wait for the new year to get new energy. So I, I, I switched to All Saints Day, which historically, going back thousands of years, was the Celtic New Year. I know right. there's going to be some people that will debate that, but for effective, for all intents and purposes, it, if you look at what was done in antiquity, it maps pretty closely to what we would call a new year, right? And it's arbitrary anyway, right? You know, right. Right. Um, whether it's January 1st, whether it follows the new moon or, or, or the lunar new year, like it's, it, it's all one of those things that really depends on context. Right. And, you know, it's arbitrary. So, so like for me personally, like, and, 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 and November 1st, I, I, if it's a day off, I take the day off. I mean, if it's not a holiday, if it's not a weekend, I take the day off and I do reflect on my goals. Right. right. Because for me personally, uh, again, you know, whatever holiday you want to make it like for me that matched because my, my grandmother would always do this big thing for all saints day. And, um, um, you know, both my kids have December birthdays. So the traditional kind of January, uh, is just an awful new year, not awful, but it's kind of like, you know, December's a blowout, right? you know right. what I mean? So like, um, you know, by the time January 1st comes along, everybody's just wiped out. Like, right. so, yeah. so, and it's one of those things where it's always going to be that way, knock on wood. Um, so, um, you know, November kind of is my new year. And that also gives me a chance to like, gives me two shots at the new year, right? Like right. once in November. And then if I completely drop the ball on something come January 1st, I'm like, you know, I should probably take a look at that again, yeah. you know? So, so that's good. I mean, you have a healthy outlook and just remember that you may not always have that healthy. <laughs> like you said, it is, it is, it is. I don't think Springer or Jenny Jones is still on the air, but like, there's going to be those days. Is it Wendy Williams? Is that who, who's on? But yeah, like, I, yeah, you I, know. I, I, I don't watch, I don't watch, I work, remember Frank? <laughs> no, no, sorry, no, sorry, no, sorry. No. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would just remember, like, there, there, there was this, I think the domain is still around, but, but, uh, it's a, it's a domain from, like, 20 years ago, so, you know, God only know who owns it now or what goes there, but there used to be a guy who was a Flash cartoonist, this goes way back, called Odd Todd, right. and it was, like, he had this thing where he would, and particularly, like, so far, you know, it's not quite um, uh, it's not quite that bad. Uh, but like, you know, in, in, the, in the New York City area economy post 9-11, post, uh, you know, Enron and, and, and WorldCom collapse, the financial sectors, nobody was hiring. Right. So this guy made a flash cartoon about how he, you know, used it was very therapeutic. I'll have right. to put it in the show notes, but it was pretty funny because he goes he goes through the whole thing like, you know, once was considered smart. And he goes, you know, I wake up, I wake up and he's like, he cries. And then he goes, he gets on a computer, sends out like thousands of resumes. And he goes, I wonder whatever happens to them. And like, he, you know, the, the cuts to an animation of it with going off into deep space. Or <laughs> and then he's like, well, then I, then, then like I stop and then I go, and then he goes, then I watch some TV and then it's like, you know, 
they, they play the SpongeBob theme song, and then he goes, then I go and I send more resumes out, and then they play the Jerry Springer. It was just very funny. It was, and and that's I I don't know if it's healthy, but it's definitely normal. Right. And Andy points out that it's 281 days until November 1st. Another thing we do, at least I think we both do, is yep. since, you know, it was a, I forget exactly who said it, but it was basically like if clocks counted down instead of counting up, we would treat yes. time very differently. Huh. And that's kind of on my wall. Like I have a thing that I've, I have like a dry erase uh, calendar and I basically have today's date plus how many days until November 1st. And right. one of the screensavers I have also does the countdown too to remind myself that, you know, you know, I'll never get today back. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and it, another book I recommend for those going through this uh, is the 10 X rule. And I highly recommend you do the audio version and at the risk of covering your face for the video feed, if you go to if you're if you're out of money or there's money's concern, right? If you go to thedatadrivenbook.com, you will get one free audiobook on us, and then we get help sponsor the show. But um, but the 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 messaging for that was the 10x role was was he wrote it in the middle of a recession, Grant Cardone, and it, it was very I found it very enlightening. I think I listened to it like a hundred times. I told Andy about it, and then we've been big fans of of grant cardone's ever since uh but i highly recommend that book because it, yeah. it, it helps you think about goals and just your life in general like what type of life do you want to live well and you know the thing is is that um like a lot of people that were kind of impacted by this it was sudden right you know it was, right um in my case it was an email at six in the morning i was i was well eastern time so they sent it out 3 15 uh, pacific time and you know i was on the east coast most of my team was on the west coast and uh i was getting my wife and son ready for school uh, and i happened to check my email and you know this was the first i'd heard of it this was the wow. you know wow. you know and so uh access started shutting down shortly thereafter but you know i had built my technology stack was built around my company. I heard, you know, Andy, you were talking about you're going back to the desktop for the first time and you guys are rebuilding laptops, right? Like, well, I had, I have an old desktop that I had built out for developer specs five or six years ago, right? And that yeah. was the only PC that I had that was mine. And so Goodness. I, I had to come in and rearrange, uh, you know, cables and everything and try to figure out, well, how am I going to make all of this work with, um, um, how was I going to make all of this work and start looking for a job, right? So it was a real mm -hmm. jump from going from, uh, I had a rig and I had a phone, I had everything. So, so not only are you kind of coping with all of the adjustments of, hey, you just lost your job. Now you got to right. start a job search. All of the tooling and everything that you had built up around your day-to-day -day work life has now got to evolve in a very rapid fashion. And that, yes. was, yeah. that, was, that was really hard and dynamic to get used to but you know i think you know not only should you be setting goals on that on that uh on that long term you've got to get really good about setting some goals for in the very immediate future like you know within the first five days i had a rig set up and had a phone on order right i mean you know nice. this is an investment that i have to make and then the next week i was already starting to send out resumes and updating my resumes and and, and that sort of stuff but you know, it's you got to have a you got to have that day to day plan established. 
you've got to have like a monthly a monthly vision set up and then you've got to have you know where where do i want to be eventually because all of those are factoring into your current job search and your current right. assessment where you are mentally etc so it's it's a lot and um um you know i'm thankful that again salesforce was very gracious to make it a soft landing uh, as are most of the tech giants right now and i feel for the people that don't don't have that you know you look right. at like some of these smaller companies that are going through it right now and uh yeah uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're going to have that same kind of opportunity. And then I'm also very thankful that I have a that family and friends that were uh, extremely supportive and extremely, you know, reaching out to me and, you know, giving me opportunities and leads. And, and, you know, that's just, uh, that's something that you have to, it's, it's the little investments you make now yes. that will prepare you for when something goes wrong later on. Right. And that's really, yeah part of that whole model that you've got to get yourself into. So. so just a quick bit of housekeeping. Kevin, I see your questions. We will get to them. Uh, I just didn't want to interrupt our guest. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I just want to acknowledge lines, that. Yeah. Along those lines, Stu, that you were just talking about, it's also important, I think, to acknowledge up front, there's no way you can be prepared for everything. It's right. not possible. Mm -hmm. And maybe getting prepared for that piece of it is just admitting that, acknowledging it, let, yeah. you know, letting folks know that it's normal. You're going to have, you're going to have those moments on the couch wondering what, you know, what do I do next? That's normal. And, you know, I don't want to throw anybody, uh, you know, any kind of way you can be as prepared as, as possible, right. but you, you're never a hundred percent. And, you know, I know a lot of, um, a lot of folks going through uh, today. In fact, uh, we're recording this on the 24th of uh, January, 2023. And as odd as this sounds, there's a lot of folks who live down your way, Stu, who are uh, maybe facing thunderstorm and severe weather warnings and watches. Uh, it's very unusual, but not unheard of for that to happen in, in your neck of the woods. And again, you know, I think about it in disaster planning and right. stuff like that out here. You're never 100 percent, but you, you know, it you can do you can do more than you're doing now. And I, I think. I think it's important that you landed on your feet um, and, you know, and, and yes, along with some assistance from Salesforce providing that soft landing, um, God bless them. Yeah. And, and all of the companies that are able to do that and are doing it. Um, and, you know, I'm on, the, I'm on the other side. I hire people um, and contract people uh, all the time. And it, it just tears you up inside when you have to tell somebody, Hey, this is, this gig is ending. And, you know, it, it's, it, we don't have another one lined up for you right now and all right. of that stuff. So, and I've been on the other side, totally on the no, other so side. So wait, Andy. Actually, I had to fire somebody. You didn't have yep. a um, private concert with a well-known. <laughs> you know, so, you know, you know, you know I'm going to use that a lot. Cause like <laughs> I the, whole, you should. You the whole should. empathy you... thing that they keep. And, and there is an article that, that this, uh, that's been <laughs> on my head for a while called, you know, beware of the empathy industrial complex. Right. <laughs> And uh, that, that oh, e empathy has is a real thing. It's real human emotion. It's important for any social creature, whether it's you know dogs, elephants, or humans. Sure. Uh, sure. But but the whole notion of it being kind of hijacked and used for you know to basically cover up um, you know behavior that is far from empathetic. And but you know yes. it's kind of 
but but that's sorry andy i cut you off but no but, yeah, no it's, it's all good it's it's all good i was going to say i do play guitar a little and i could do my own concert but i'm not nearly as good as Stan. so <laughs> so you know right after it happened i wrote a blog because i was you know i've been thinking of, you know i've been thinking about disaster recovery for a long time right and, yeah. and disaster avoidance and, and and things like that that's just part of what i've done for a long time and yeah. Uh, one of the things that Salesforce always encouraged you to do was write down your values, right? And and build your your you would build your annual plan based on what your values, your vision, your vision were. And I was already in the process of starting mine when this happened. And one of the values is it, everybody has a plan until they get hit. I prefer to say everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth, but that's not the accurate quote. <laughs> the yeah, accurate true. quote was everyone has a plan until you get hit. And it's that idea that you can have a wonderful vision of where you're going to go, but something is going to disrupt that. And when it disrupts you, yeah. what do you do? And, you know, for me, it's, you got to go back to the fundamentals and those fundamentals are those low level behaviors that are so automatic that you've built up over time. And, and right. when it comes to this kind of a job search thing, you know, networking and getting connections and having, having those interactions with, with people that are smarter than you are, that is one of those fundamental principles that will help you recover from some from from getting punched in the mouth right and that's right that, uh, you know that is something that i think that you know that there there's there's an old proverb that basically says the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago the second best time is now right and that's really <laughs> what i want to encourage people to do is is even if you're not in this situation that you know what are yeah. those things that you can do to um help proof yourself against uh future disasters in this kind of way absolutely and and yeah. you're absolutely right that that you can't prepare for everything but no. there are certain fundamental things that you can that you can use to build a plan b in a very responsive fashion when you encounter right. something that that you didn't plan for in the first time well it's well, it's kind of like turning our engineering mindsets and all three of us are engineers it's like turning that back on ourselves <laughs> and, and thinking about you know the fact that paranoia is a virtue mm -hmm. a lot of people don't get that right um, and, and along with that it's really not paranoia if there are if they really are out to get you you know there's that um the and and fixing things before they break i remember in my years as a technician that was one of the complaints i would get you're always looking at things and trying to fix them before they break and it was a complaint Right. And when I left being a technician and started doing engineering, all of a sudden it was like, holy smokes, that's an asset. Right. Right. <laughs> that's, right. that's a great way to, that's a great way to think and look, it works. I just, I've been doing it without trying, but you know, Stu, in addition to all of the skills that you bring and, and for those listening or reading a transcript, um, Stu has amazing skills that he brings uh, to anything that he does. He has this, if you haven't picked up on this already, I, I, you know, I don't know how you could miss this, but he has this personality that just exudes uh, positivity. And that's, and sometimes that's worth more than everything else. Mm -hmm. uh, in some cases, you get to the bottom of the barrel, you're, it's a weekend, you've done this, not the first weekend you've pulled trying to bring this thing to life. And everybody is starting to stress the nerves are fraying and you have somebody like Stu who just kind of uh, comes into the room and sh just sheds this positivity uh, everywhere. I've, I've seen you do it a couple of times, uh, community stuff. And 
uh, in conversations about work stuff. And I just would recommend Stu uh, for, you know, that you consider Stu for anything that you've got. And I, I say that because, and I say that knowing that I'm considering him for also for some stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm an, I, I hire independent consultants and, um, you know, I, I want to catch up with you, Stu, before I get down your way next month. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm going to be at the BI uh, sequel Saturday there. Hope we can catch up a little there, maybe, maybe a little before and um, just chat about some opportunities that, um, you know, some, some don't exist yet, but I would love to be able to put you out there and say, Hey, we, we have a site reliability engineer has some availability and may want to put in a, so a little bit, you know, a day a week with you or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd love that. So. that out. And I've also encouraged him to look at the uh, Red Hat job board. Yeah. Because um, we are. Darn you, Frank. I'm trying to put this man to work. <laughs> <laughs> See, now you got people fighting over you. There you <laughs> go. You know, it, it, it's, you know, it's scary news, right? Like, because we were, Salesforce was, you know, probably middle of the wave, right? When all this happened. And now then you have all these big news and like Amazon and Microsoft and uh, I guess they're calling it a copycat syndrome now, right? Because all these big companies, mm. oh, we're all going to cut back and right. Um, and then you start thinking all these people, all these great talented people are flooding the market. And I will say that, um, you know, for me, the things that I always, that I, I have to stop and look and, 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 and exactly that assess the worst case scenario and then figure out yeah. where am I going to put my head at. Right. And so right. Uh, the worst case scenario is that there's tons of people out there on the market right now uh, for me, you know, and um, for me, but what I love about my life and I still live in Houston, Georgia. I think that was in the show notes of the last time we talked about, <laughs> I live on the East coast. I've worked remote for the last 17 years of my career. 11 of that has been managing people remotely. I understand remote culture. And uh, I think a lot of the people that are being impacted and affected, they're very West Coast. And, you know, they're people yeah. that are going to be looking for West Coast opportunities because their cost of living is different than my cost of living. Uh, they're, uh, even if they were to find a remote jobs, you know, somewhere in Atlanta or somewhere in, in, in New York, it's going to be a different price point. And that's some of the challenges that they're facing that I'm not. Right. And yeah. so that's, uh, you know, I have to look personally, I have to look for the bright side on what I can find for, for me and my family. But, and I feel for all of these engineers that are now looking at completely different situations because they're, they're living in a, uh, a higher cost of living area and they, and they yeah. don't have the capability of picking up and moving and being, and being mobile. Right. So that's well, right. I, I really feel my heart really goes out to the folks who live in places like Seattle, right. Where right. If, 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 you know, it's not like, you know, Microsoft is laying off and Amazon's hiring, right. They're both right. laying off. Right. So you're kind yeah. of in that, you're kind of in that company town problem right. and the people who really, really, really are going to be really uh, up a certain Creek. They don't want to say the name of said Creek, <laughs> um, but uh, are the folks who are on H1B visas because they have, I thought it was yeah. 30 days, but apparently it's 60 days. Right. Not that that's marginally, not that that's really that much better, but like they have X number of days to leave the country yeah. if they right. lose their job, which uh, I, I, supposedly there's some kind of exemption for that. But, but still, I mean, that's just really uh, because I remember in the, in the, in the dot-com boom in New York and the subsequent crash is that, you know, on day one, you wanted something that was matching your old salary. Right. right. 
by the time you got to day 45, <laughs> day 50, right. you were, you were, I mean, I knew folks that I was working side by side with that had basically taken on the gig for minimum wage. Like, right. and it's just like, you know, and, and, you know, for those thinking like, well, I don't have that problem. You, indirectly you do because it, you know, one hiring manager, uh, in a in a in a fit of uncharacteristic, this is the age before the smartphone, and we never know who's being recorded, right? Had flat out said to me, "Why should I hire you when I can hire three of them?" And when right. he, he didn't say them, just you yeah, know, he used he used the word I'm not comfortable using. All right, right. So which I thought was one, this guy's a jerk, and I don't want to work for him anyway. But two, like you know, their misfortune uh, doesn't cause me the same level of uh distress but it does have an impact on me so like you know job offers you know hourly rates were like tanked right. you know next to them and there's yeah. nothing i did you know um right. so i mean i would right. those are the folks i really feel i mean i feel bad for anyone but like there are the ones that you know they really have to they have they don't have a timetable so to speak. Right. unless they right. want to go home in which case then uh kevin oh. here uh, has asked us a couple questions, but um, let me interject one thing into sure. that. When you were talking about hiring managers being less than kind, um, I, I've had this experience where I, I worked for a company for the longest time. Two and a half years was a long time for me, just so you know. And um, they, uh, I, I, one of the people that worked for me, they're great guy. We got along great. I tried to look out for everybody on the team. Fast forward about five years after I'd left. And that company called and wanted me to help with doing some contracting for them. And I ended up with that person who formerly reported to me. I was reporting to him uh, in this. So it, if, you know, the, if things are going to stop at the end of the day, that's, I guess, one way to look at it is, yeah, you know, nobody's going to remember I treat you poorly uh, after I've done it today. But that is so unlikely. Right. Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, that's the thing. I think it was Jackie Gleason. Uh, and I want to get to this beautiful quote from Kevin, because Kevin's been mm. like super patient. And he goes, something wonderful is always on the verge of happening. And that's true. Absolutely. I really believe that. Um, one of the things I think it was Jackie Gleason had said, be careful who you treat on the way. Be careful how you treat people on the way up, because you never know who you're going to meet on the way down. And right. that's true. Like, and, and, yeah. and, you know, I'm not saying I'm this wonderful, virtuous, like, always kind person anyone who's cut in front of me in traffic knows that that is not the case <laughs> um but like you know i mean that's true like you know like there are you know and, and there's something my grandmother would say i think it's an old irish proverb but i think jfk made it famous like forgive your enemies but remember their names right <laughs> <laughs> you know um but you know but i mean like you, you'll you'll remember like in that case when he when someone who worked for you became your manager like you know yeah it, Right. I'm assuming that you treated him very well and very, with kindness because that's just who Andy is. Um, I don't want to test it ever by cutting in front of him in traffic, but um, <laughs> I don't want you to yell at me either. I've heard you. On, we've been on the phone when that's happened and you've said like phooey. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it's terrible. It, I'm oh, glad I've got oh, you off speaker oh, with oh. the kids around. <laughs> oh my God. Like with my older kid, we were very conscious about how, how, what we said in the car, but with my younger kid, I don't know what happened. We just, so he, God Second bless kid. him. He's got, <laughs> I mean, that kid's got a mouth like a sailor. Like it's my God. Resilient. They're resilient. resilient. <laughs> That's a great description. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, you know, I, 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 that's, I think that's another fundamental value that, that I think all three of us share, right. Is, is that it, it all, we want to be good people and to be a good person, you have to be good to people. Right. And, uh, especially uh, yourself, you have to be good to yourself. Right. And it's, you know, it's, uh, the, it's a very small tech community, right? I mean, you know, it's it's funny even because of the people that I'm talking to, inevitably a name will come up and they'll go, you know, so-and-so. And and I might know them or I might know someone who knows them, right? So it's really, uh, it's that whole six degrees of Kevin Bacon, right? I mean, you're really probably three or four degrees between any one of us and, and anybody else in this industry. And yeah. uh, you will get a reputation and... Uh, uh, and that can be either a good or a bad reputation and it and and it will help or hurt you in the future and so trying to find ways to really show and 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 reflect empathy um you know it's you know that is one of the things that i think about all of these all of these major companies is is that um it's been very uncharacteristic about the way that these layoffs have occurred, because in all cases, it's been like an email that's been very a disconnect, an immediate disconnect and, and a yeah. lack of humanity. And what's jarring about that, and you bring up the Microsoft Sting concert, is, is that the values that they espouse and the type of people that they've attracted to work to them are all very empathetic. And so right. I think that's one of the big reasons why there is such a a sour taste about a lot of these things is that yeah. uh, you really like the people that you work with and all of you are working for the company because you all really kind of have those same values that the company says that they espouse and they do. And in this particular case, it's, it's, it, it, it cuts against the grains of some of those values. Now on a practical sense, yes, they're doing, they're doing things to, um, to handle some of the day-to-day -day concerns, like with the you know generous severance packages, et cetera. So they're doing, they're they're kicking you off the island, but they're putting you in a really nice boat, right? Right. But you know, but the fact is, they 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 really kicked you off the island, and that and that's it's jarring, and that and that dealing with that kind of emotion is is very hard to kind of wrap our heads around. There, there's no good way to handle this, like no. I mean, from from either point of view, right? Like, yeah. And and Andy and I will will sometime explain the connection between boats and empathy but um there's a story behind that uh but um the the but you're right i mean there's there's no and that's part of the problem right like you know like you know a lot of these companies they say we're a family right like if your family don't kick people off the island if right. well depends on your family <laughs> um but like but i mean like so 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 and i think it was there's another podcaster guy you should totally watch because this stuff's very inspirational i'll give you a list of inspirational stuff but one of them is pbd or patrick bet david and one of the things i think it was him he goes you know we we should think about this like teams right like like if you look at like nfl teams um uh or or, or nba teams any team right they'll trade players right and they're, they're, they want to they want the best in the team and they want a particular thing in the team but it's not like a family right because a family you don't kick grandma out Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, but, but, you, you know, trading your top players for, you know, another kind of thing. I, I think that's a little bit more of a healthier metaphor, right. but you right. know, again, that's, that's above our pay grades. Right. Uh, but, but I mean, it's just one of those things where you have to be careful. Like you said, you know, these companies are on a mission and there's values they say they espouse, but when it starts rating bullets, then you really see what somebody's made of. Well, but yeah. the thing is, is that the, 
those values of his spouse are going to attract a certain type of employee, yep. right? And so the relationships that you have with those other employees are real. They're based on those, yes. those values that, that you espouse. But the fact that now it's, it's, it's an unnamed entity that is, that is doing something to you, that, that's, a, that's a very weird disconnect. Like I really, I liked my manager. I liked my director. I liked his director, right? I liked all of those people, everybody that I've talked to and reached out to, they've all been very kind and generous and, and trying to help. And yet they've all felt the same sense of powerlessness because somewhere up the chain, somebody made a decision that was based on the financial interests of the company. And that's, and I'm not ever going to say that's wrong. I'm just the, there, there's just somewhere along that chain from that decision to the actual implementation, the empathy got lost. Right. And it, it, it's, um, but at the same time, you still want to, you still feel very connected to the actual people that are in your sphere of influence because you all join the camp, the company under those same sorts of the, those same sorts of value, value statements. So. No, I mean, that's a good point. And, 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 and that disconnect, I think is what's leaving people with a bad taste in their mouth right. is kind yeah. of like, you know, uh, and, and, and I'm not saying I have a better answer, <laughs> but I mean, in the best of circumstances, this is a hard thing to do. Right. There are certainly things you could do to make things worse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, I like Sting's music too, but, um, <laughs> But I mean, there's certainly things you, to make things look worse. The op, there's optics, and then there's kind of this thing, and there's another thing that's going on now where, you know, somebody a leaked memo was like, you know, came out that oh, this is a great chance to get rid of your underperformers, right? Which which right. is going to do wonders yeah. for people's self-esteem, right? Right. right. Who, who right. may not be because I can tell you firsthand, based on going through this at least twice, once at uh, one of these big tech companies, another at a bank. It's not always the low performers that right. get kicked off the island, right? It's the ones, yeah. same thing with Survivor, right? It's a vote, right? And it's all about how you can play the game. Um, and there are people that, you know, are still uh, in the employ of, well, I won't name any companies, but y'all can figure it out. You all are yeah. smart. Um, I, I can tell you, that was like the second time in my life I ever said y'all and it felt natural. <laughs> I was going to say, did you did just say you did real I nice. did. And I did, I, I've lived south of the Mason. Thank you. Thank you. I've lived south of the Mason-Dixon line since I left New York in 04. You, and you had it, two Southerners on the phone and we both thought you did well. I know. Like, yeah, there you go. Um, but like, um, it, it's just one of those things where uh, it's uh, – it's 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 a tough thing to do. It's a tough yeah. time, and it's a tough thing to do. Yeah. And there's certainly it's like anything else. When 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 somebody gets bad news, somebody dies, or whatever. There, there, there's no good thing to say to make it feel better, right? Right. There's certainly a lot of wrong things to say. So right. I think instead of companies, we're engineers, right? We always want to do the right thing. But I think that as I've gotten older, and I, I, I kind of realize that sometimes you don't want to say the right thing. You just want to say the least wrong thing. Right. Right. And it, yeah. it, it's it, I don't I don't know where I was going with that. I think just using the word y'all in a sentence is just it threw you. you just... It, it threw me. It threw me. <laughs> now you need some tea and a lawn chair. <laughs> oh, I have I have both now. At the new house. See, there you go. Wow. You're you're coming right along. Frank. Yeah. And this is the closest I've lived to the Mason Dixon line ever, too. Like I'm actually <laughs> Only probably about a 20, 30 minute drive. So I've actually wow. moved further north, but who, who knows? Right. 
Well, you know, you bring up something interesting, and, and you and I have had this conversation because both of us have experienced it. I dare say we've both been victims of it, where there's politics at play over our heads. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the at the risk of being a little brusque, I'm not hopefully endangering our, our, our iTunes rate rating here, but it's like um, uh, elephant reproduction, right? <laughs> so it's all happening way over our heads. <laughs> And, you know, and, and we don't dare look up. Oh, and someone is on the on the losing end of that. Probably to say it. I mean, I, I, I mean, for me personally, like the, the, when I did get laid off in 2016, uh, it literally was a certain type of contest between two CDPs. Yes. Right. And I've had two boy dogs. I, I have multiple dogs. And at one point I had two boy dogs and each one of them would go to the same post, do their business. Yes. The other one would see that go over there, do it. The other one would see that he'd been written over and it really became that type of contest. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it was the same thing with these two CVPs. I was, I was a pawn in a much larger game. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's also very humbling, right? Because, you know, one, you think like, well, the, the wonderful, empathetic people who want to change the world, blah, 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 blah. And they attract those type of people. And it's the true believers that kind of get smacked in the face when they realize, right. like, you know, that, 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 huh, turns out at that level, there are certain levels where that is no longer the case, right? It's like Game of Thrones. Yes. Yeah. You know, without swords. One of the and I forgot. I forgot one point on my my rough analogy is it takes two um, years I, to I, get results. <laughs> <laughs> Just That's when it. I thought that that image had left my mind, <laughs> Ugh, brain bleach. I, I, you know, one of the things that that I think that I've been dealing with right is the 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 need to doom scroll right, and that that yeah. is so hard because, like yeah. you know, uh, I'm still financially vested in, in, in both of these companies. So, you know, and, and a lot of these companies, I want them all to succeed. And so, you know, under the pretense of checking on the stock news to see how things are doing, right. You start reading all of this, all of these news and about all the, the, the way things went down, the uncertainty, the turmoil, the, you know, and it's, it, if you get so caught up in that, it's, it's like anything that we do with social media. We talked yeah. about it like on that podcast a while back about the club and the iron age, right? You know, we're right. still really good at beating each other up and yeah. uh, news media feeds that in, in, in a lot of ways because they're trying to get headlines. Their business is now built on headlines, lead to clicks, clicks lead to advertising dollars. So you write the most, con- you write the most, controversial extravagant headline you can so you get people to read and then and then you get into it and and it's really nothing but i do remember reading one of the news articles where they talked about that uh these cuts are coming after uh a a memo was leaked that they needed to identify the 10 worst performing you know the the 10 percent lowest performers in any organization so suddenly this news person that i don't even know right that is has nothing to do with my company, has nothing to do with the experience that I have right now. They've suddenly made this link in a broadcast print that I was part of the 10% layoff. So therefore I was part of the 10% lowest performers in my company. And it is absolutely untrue, but that gets in your head. And the more you feed that, the harder it is to get out of that and harder it is to get past that and really realize, you know, uh, what you contribute and, and what brought you to the company. And really, 
so many of these decisions are made at a level so far above you, they have no idea what your con contributions are, right? And, and, you know, at we, at best, would... you're an entry, a line item entry in a spreadsheet somewhere. Right, right. Sorry, Andy, I cut you off. That's right, it was good. That was a good and better, better point. So I did, um, I was participating in a team when the performance-based stuff came out. And this was like 20 years ago. And it was five of us on the team and the particular model they chose was the 206020. It sounds like, Stu, you were in a 108010, right. or at least that article was trying to put you into that, that box. And I was the latest person on that team. We all had different things that we specialized in. And I was I had scored the latest win, like right. a week and a half before they implemented this. So I got to be the since there's five of us and there's five slots, I got to be the top one guy. Right. And it worked out really, really well for me until I uh, opened my mouth. And I know both of you are going to be shocked by that. Right. <laughs> and so I asked, I asked my boss, I said, so does this mean that we're hiring the wrong person 80% of the time or are we just mismanaging them? Oh. Yeah, that no one wasn't the that. cleverest way to put that. But that's a, if you throw naked scalers at me, yeah. And statistics to it to an engineer. That's how I react. I start applying them, and right away, you know, even though I was the beneficiary of it, I was like, you know, tell me which, you know, what what's the mix on this, or is there some other thing uh, going on with this? And I I know Amazon practices that. I know, um, and it sounds like from that leaked memo that someone either either someone at Microsoft was doing that, or they were thinking like that or the memo was totally totally fake news there, 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 there definitely is a kind of what i call well i don't want to name anyone by name but but there's a kind of the that the jack Welch school of thinking is that you always have that is uh was 60 20 20 right so so yeah. everything um the the pre previous ceo of microsoft uh steve bomber was a was a um quite the disciple of jack welsh Right. And um, for good or for bad, um, <laughs> I, 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 killing me to bite my tongue here. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and but even though S Steve's been gone now for the better part of a decade, I think like nine years or so, like there there's still people who were, you know, just lieutenants who are now captains and generals right. uh, in the organization that that drank that Kool-Aid. And even if they um they sport the new banner they may not necessarily they 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 either come with those old habits uh consciously or unconsciously right yeah it is what it is well christy looked at it my beautiful bride and she said you know in her succinct wisdom she says you know for the last three years technology could do no wrong right. and we needed it we depended on it actually to do as much as we could and now that need is retreating um, you know, whether you, whatever you believe about, you know, what's going on is definitely less than it was midway through 2020. Right. And so, you know, here, here we are, and maybe it's, maybe it's just the tide going out. Right. <laughs> and people forget that there are tides, right? Like I'll yeah. never forget, yeah. I'll never forget when I was, this is when I was a young, but a young pup and I was in the Frankfurt airport. Um, Cause I would do the Frankfurt, New York commute, which, yeah, was an experience. Um, but I was at the airport and they had an ad for The Economist. This is when I started picking up and reading that, like, and not okay. like I read it every week, but, you know, um, 
but it was like you know they talk about the rise this was fresh off the memory of um the hong kong um financial crisis like in the, in 97 98 and mm -hmm. it was like you know from the rise and rise to the rise and fall of of hong kong real estate and they gave another example and then they said from the rise and rise and rise of tech startups or you know interesting timing well, this is just before, <laughs> right? And I and I they, they they gave three examples, right? Like one was rise fall, one the other one, second one was rise fall, right? I don't remember the first one was, but the second one was definitely Hong Kong real estate, and then the third one was dot com, and they didn't say fall, and I'm in the security line thinking, oh crap, <laughs> <laughs> that was my first reaction was oh crap, <laughs> and, and and um, but you're right, it's a tide, right? And people who don't people forget that there's a tie or they're yeah. new to the market. They're new to the workplace. You know, yeah. there are it's shocking to believe that there are kids today, kids today, but there are people who are in the workforce that don't remember the dot-com crash. Right. Yeah. You know, because probably the, the 08 financial crisis kind of took the oxygen out of the memory, but like, right. uh, and I think we're seeing that again because yeah. I think that there was this, this notion of tech can do no wrong and we need to throw as many resources at it as possible now we're seeing it kind of like well maybe we so we're you know there was definitely an overreach and then now we're kind of paying for it that's I, I think, yeah i think that there's there's some things that are kind of offsetting that right that that, that could potentially offset this. right and, and one is is that more so than ever every company is a software company now Right. right. I mean, every That's company you, you talk to, they're hiring people. So there's, I would go further than that. I say every company is now a data company. Yeah. But, and so there are new, there are more opportunities in the tech stack away from yes the classical fangs. And, and it's weird to say the classical fangs because even five years ago, everybody was talking about the fangs, right? Those, that's the, that's the big giants. And, and in reality, I think enough of that wave has spread out among these other companies. And the second thing that is really impacting that is uh, COVID changed the way that we worked. And and yeah. even though there is a little bit of this snapback to, to get um, people back into office spaces across the country and uh, return to work, there's still an awful lot of companies out there that are uh, work from home friendly right now and are still mm -hmm. continuing to embrace and continue to grow in that model and continue to grow talent. So yes, I do think that, that, that we're seeing a, a, um, a shift in, uh, a lot of the, the, the big software providers that have, have, you know, obviously built sprawling empires of stuff and, and they're having to, to shrink because they've overhired. But at the same time, I think that there's still opportunities in lots of other shops that for a long time have been struggling to find people because the people that they needed have been all going to work for the for, for the big shops. So no, I, you're I absolutely right. Point. I think I think this is what makes this different from the dot com crash. Right. Yeah. Right. Is the yeah. fact that there was a post somewhere I forget might have been Twitter, but it was kind of like, you know, um, I think they, they gave the example of, you know, so you've been laid off by these big tech companies, you know, if, and. and Anytime you go, I think the example they used was Home Depot, like, like, you right. know, which is not that far from Atlanta. Right. Uh, but, but they said, you know, you, you know, all these companies, they still need help with their digital transformations because anytime you go into any retail store, it's not just Home Depot, but like, you know, wouldn't it be nice if, and if you're a technologist, you go in these stores, you're frustrated by the experience. Hey, well, now's your big chance, <laughs> you know? Um, and it's, it's, um, it was an interesting way to look at it. And I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, this isn't like, 
this isn't like 2008 this isn't like 2002 <clears throat> right this is a little bit yeah. different of an animal in some ways better some ways worse but you're right like you know there, there's a whole segment of the business spectrum that has realized oh we're actually software companies now or oh we're all we're we're data companies now right. and there's a whole bunch of people that have been skilled up in that field that yeah. can they you know they they people that ordinarily they would not have been able to get because of the benefits because of all the fang right. the the panache of being in fang sure i think and so one thing i want to throw out here uh i know we're getting close to running down because i i know how we are when we're that way um one of the things I did around the, you know, March 2020 was I realized there were a lot of people out there who were losing their jobs and the technology was kind of on its way up. And if you wanted to, I would um, give you access to my training that I usually charge for for free. And I want to do that again. So, Frank, I know you've got a way to put a banner up. And wow. if you want to get into uh, Azure, Azure Data Factory, Azure SSIS, which, believe it or not, I, I got a blog about this, but uh, every time I ask people, and I've been doing this for years, who's running Azure Data Factory in production? Um, you know, a certain number of hands go up. And I did this recently at a large conference, and I got the highest percentage ever of people mm -hmm. doing that. And it's less than half. That's the message. If right. you feel like, yeah, if you feel like you're, you're being left behind, you're not. So you're still early. It's less that is an half. excellent point. That is an excellent point. Sorry, Stu, I may have cut you That's off. That's okay. No, Frank. Frank and I have been talking about this for a couple of weeks um, because the conference was last year. But so, the as thing you know, that I want you to do. Go ahead. If you could do this, Frank's good, putting his red hat hat on. What I'd um, <laughs> like to do is offer you a code, and you could go sign up for my premium level. It's uh, entdna.com slash premium dash level. The code is OPP23. If you'll sign up for that, it'll be free. It's a year's access to all of my stuff that I've got so far, stuff that I'm adding this year. And the reason it's OPP23 is because I want you to think about this as not um, some bad thing that happened to you. This is the beginning of your next opportunity. So OPP for opportunity, 23 for 2023 and entdna.com and if you go click on training there and then premium level you can add it to your cart and then for the code type in opp23 it'll it's a hundred percent discount um but i i, I want to make that offer to people who have been laid off as part of this you want to get into data it's a way to start i don't cover everything but i do cover some and i've been doing training for decades that's awesome, Andy. So that's a very generous offer. So yeah. Well, thank you. Andy thank you is so the man. <laughs> well, I didn't do it so y'all would say that. <laughs> like always, I just want to help. Just, just, <laughs> just, just promise me a seat at that private concert. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So your Rhodes red hat, what'd you put that on for? So me? I put the red hat on. I realized that I have a headset on and it, it, the, the thing doesn't fit in. But this is in regards to the, the, the on-prem versus cloud. So Rhodes right. is the product, one of the products I'm responsible for. It's Red Hat OpenShift Data Science. And we had a certain amount of uptake when we announced it on, on AWS. But mm -hmm. when we announced the on-prem version, people are going crazy because people still have on-prem. And this is this is hard for me to accept because 
Yeah. I mean, I drank and I, I mean, I swam in the, in the Azure Kool-Aid, right? Like <laughs> I, I, you know, but like, you know, there's still a pretty sizable on-prem investments for a lot of companies there also. Yeah. And this is, you know, this is, the, you know, we now have an on-prem version. So one of the questions we would get was like, Hey, that's great. But because of this law, we can't, we don't want the data. Leave. We can't, or won't want to leave, let the data leave the data center. And the answer at Microsoft was, well, you know, we have Azure Secret or, you know, all of these certifications. But there's, you're starting to see a lot of companies kind of pull back. And even at, uh, yeah. Satya Nadella said this as they reevaluate their cloud spend, right? right. Um, yes. And I think that what you're seeing with the data sovereignty laws, privacy laws, is that I think on-prem is going to be, you know, back in fashion, right? It's the tide going in and out on the cloud. Cloud yeah. is always going to yeah. be there. I think realistically, we're looking at a hybrid world. But, uh, you know, again, um, I, this is cyclical when we're seeing this cycle, multiple cycles kind of come into play here. Yeah. Yeah. So don't feel bad if you've only don't know on-prem stuff because um, yeah, that, that may be, that may be come back in vogue. Well, and one of the things that uh, y'all were both touching on and, and I, and I should have said this earlier is, is that when you're setting your, your short daily goals, one of the things that is helping me is I, I now plan my schedule much like I did when I, when I was working full time, right? And mm -hmm. and I make plans in the morning, and I only allocate so much time to doing the job search. And yeah. then in the afternoons, I'm allocating the rest of the time to skills improvement, right? Because nice. even though I'm not, I may not be able to flaunt those skills. Now I'm taking advantage of the time, right? Because Absolutely. again, there's only once you get applications, you know, it's the it's the cartoon you alluded to, right? You throw it out into the wind, and then you're waiting. Right. Because there's right. only so many of those things you can do. And I, you know, I really try to pace myself and say, I'm going to submit five applications a day, right? Five applications a day. And then the afternoons, I may spend an hour or two researching more opportunities, but I make a very conscientious effort to step away and to go do something else. And that something else yeah. might be the mini sabbatical, like I take some time, or it's going to be, I'm going to spend a few hours taking a class um, and picking up on some of those things that, I don't have a depth of understanding on right now and just using that time to kind of improve my own skills. And uh, I think having that structure is helpful for me and I hope it helps other people as well. But um, I do think that that's a big part of this opportunity right now for those of us, uh, particularly that have the, have the chance. We're not in panic level three, right? We're still right. at panic level zero, right? Yeah. Right. In two weeks, it'll pay, it'll, it'll go up to one. <laughs> And then after that, you know, that's what eventually we do. Well, it, 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 it's a cycle, right? It's a roller right. coaster. I'm sorry, Andy, <laughs> I cut you off. So that's okay. Eventually, you'll have to battle the mantis man. <laughs> eventually, I quit paying for the haircuts and we go back to the afro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. So, with that, uh, I have to go. Uh, Stu, it's been great catching up. And yes, thanks for always. joining us. And uh, yeah. if you're looking for uh, a, 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 not just a, a good SRE uh, engineer, but, um, you know, just a, just a good old overall guy, or for those watching on the camera, pointing at him, <laughs> um, check out Stu. And uh, with that, I'll uh, let the nice, uh, I'll let Bailey end the show. So for those watching, Bailey is our virtual kind of um, uh, third co-host, I guess. Yes. So cool. Cool. I'll play the yeah. cool outro graphic and I'll catch up with you guys later. Thanks for joining us on such short notice, too. Thanks, y'all. See ya. All right. See ya. Thanks. Bye.
I can tell you chaps one thing. It is not always easy to bite your tongue. That's a challenge even for a semi-sentient AI like myself. We know you're busy and we appreciate you listening to our podcast. But we have a favor to ask. Please rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you subscribe to us. You have subscribed to us, haven't you? Having high ratings and reviews helps us improve the quality of our show and rank us more favorably with the search algorithms. That means more people listen to us, spreading the joy. And, can't the world use a little more joy these days? So, go do your part to make the world just a little better and be sure to rate and review the show.